continue today looking at the book of 1 Corinthians and how the early church was taught to operate by the Apostle Paul. We start in chapter 3, the first nine verses. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as fleshly, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now, you are still not ready, for you are still fleshly. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not fleshly and behaving according... Are you not fleshly and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not all too human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos, watered, but God gave growth. So neither one who plants nor one who water, waters is anything, but only God gives growth. And one who plants and the one who waters have purpose. And each will receive wages according to their own labor. For we are God's co-workers, working together. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid the foundation, and someone else is building on it. Let each builder choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on a foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible for the day. And we'll disclose it. Because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sorts of work each has done. And then we continue on in the Sermon on the Mount. We're about through his, Jesus' third or fourth lesson in the sermon. And here we come to the fifth chapter of Matthew in the 21st verse. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or a sister, you will be liable in judgment. And if you insult a brother or a sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool... You will be liable to hell. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown in prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid 
the last penny. And you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go to hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife and gives her a certificate of divorce, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the grounds of sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries and divorced a woman commits adultery. And again, you have heard it said to those in ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven or by earth, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more comes from the evil one. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there's a bad old pastor's joke that goes like this. Man was looking for something, and it was obvious he was looking. He was scouring the ground, and a police officer comes up beside him and says, Well, what are you looking for? Can I help you? And the guy says, Yeah, I've lost my keys. And he said, Well, I can help you look. And so they look under this lit area for the keys everywhere. They check every inch of the ground, and the keys turn up nowhere. And the police officer turns to the man and says, Sir, we've looked everywhere. Are you sure that this is where you lost your keys? And the guy says, No, I lost them over there, but there's a lot more light over here. So that's where I thought I'd look. Life is like that, I think, sometimes. We look in all the wrong places. For the right things. Today's texts are a little bit like that. You know, we look for happiness over here in the light because we think that's the easy place to find it when it might actually be over here, somewhere we haven't looked before. One of the great examples of this in history is somebody named Leo Tolstoy. Amber, did you prompt them? Okay, let's see. I said that if no, none of these scouts know who Tolstoy is, I'm going to write a letter to the school board. 
Somebody told me I should start writing now. We'll see. Who, who was Tolstoy? Please, somebody, please, God, somebody over here know who that Tolstoy is. Okay, well, then you have to pay, pay attention to what I'm saying, if that's the case. Tolstoy wrote one of the greatest novels, several of the greatest novels in history. He wrote War and Peace. He wrote Anna Karenina. He wrote The Brothers Karamazov. And he had a great life. Tolstoy was, inherited a ton of money when he was young. And so he thought that the way to find happiness was to go over here. No, to go over here and to do all the things that... What was that? All the things that bring you happiness. So he drank a lot, and he smoked a lot of weed. He did. He smoked a here. Okay, if you remember anything from this service, remember this today. Jesus did not bleed, so you can smoke weed. Got me? Okay. But Tolstoy drank a lot. He smoked a lot of weed. He ran around with women. He had a really good time in life. And it left him completely unfulfilled. And so then he wrote War and Peace, one of the greatest novels of all time. And he got a lot of money from that. And it meant nothing to him. Because he still wasn't satisfied. He still didn't find happiness. And so he thought, well, everybody has told me that I'm supposed to get married and live happily ever after. So he got married. And he had 13 children. Because, you know, the more the merrier. And he thought he'd be very happy with 13 children. He wasn't happy with that either. And finally he went and visited a Russian peasant village. And in that village he found peasants, poor people so poor they had almost nothing, who were so happy with their lives. That he wanted what they had. And he turned his life around. And what they had was peace and happiness and joy in a life with Jesus. And so that is the story of how Tolstoy became a Christian. And Tolstoy, after that, wrote some wonderful books that have great Christian themes in them too. You should check those out. Someday, some fine teacher of literature will make you read those. And by the way, if we need to start a literature merit badge, I'll teach that one. Okay, good. I'm in. Okay, good. So, but here's what Tolstoy said about happiness in life. If you're not happy with your life, you can change it in one of two ways. Either improve the conditions in which you live or improve your inner spiritual state. The first one is not always possible, but the second one is. Because that is often up to the choices we make and the pattern we live our life. Improve your inner spiritual State. Well, that sounds good, right? 
That's actually what these post, both of these texts today are about. The first one talks about adultery, talks about anger, hatred, murder, and taking oaths. Those are the three things that it, it talks about. And see, in the old days, the Old Testament, the day of Moses, people were taught, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't take oaths, you'll be fine. Just do those things, and you'll be over here and find happiness. But it didn't work. Because people forgot that the reason that they were supposed to do those things was to honor the image of God in other people. It was about a relationship, not about following a rule. And do not go out of here and say, I said rules are bad. That is not what I said. Rules are fine. But you have to remember why we have them. We follow rules in the Christian faith because they are always, always, always about relationship. Either relationship to other people, our neighbors, or relationship to God. So Jesus says, you've heard it said don't, don't murder? Yeah, well, you all know that. Most of us don't ever kill anybody. But almost all of us get angry. And anger affects the relationship that we have with another person. It also affects as that bitterness and that, that mean-spiritedness and all of that yuck builds up in us. It affects our relationship with God. Don't commit adultery. I would venture to guess that most spouses do not cheat on each other. I don't know that for sure. It's a guess. But when other people walk down the street, do you look? Anecdotally, we know that in the church, the biggest problem that pastors have is with pornography. Some of you say, well, what's the big deal? We're just looking. We objectify the person you're with. They can't ever live up to that standard. You have broken the relationship that you have with them. You forgot that it was about the relationship, not just keeping the rule. Oath-keeping the same way. You keep your oath. Your promise is, your word is your promise. Because the other person needs to be able to rely on you. Just as we can rely on God. The happiness doesn't come just from following the rule. Just from grabbing what we want. Just from running around with fast women and slow horses or slow horses and fast women, whatever the phrase is. with having a relationship with other people that's meaningful and deep because you have a relationship with God that calls for the very same thing.
The Corinthian text says, Well, you say you're Apollos' guy, and you say you're Paul's guy, and you say you're whoever's guy, and you say... It'd be kind of like saying, you say you're a Methodist, and you say you're an Episcopalian, and you say you're a Presbyterian. And Paul kind of comes back and says, nobody cares! Those are just people who helped you know what the true happiness is. And the true happiness only lies with Jesus Christ. You can fill your heart with all kinds of things. Drink. Sex. Power. Money. You could even fill your good... I swear to you, if one more person in Nebraska said to me, I can't come to church because I have to spend time with my family, I was going to scream. Adulterous things can be good things. But your relationship first must be with Jesus Christ. Because only then Will you find true happiness? Anything else is like putting a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't work. Stop looking for things where you didn't lose them. Go to the one place where you know you can find them. Friends, today, if any day, is the day when I say to you, follow Jesus with all your heart and soul and mind and live. Amen.